Yeah. Huh. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that likes to use antlers in all of its decorating. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Hi. <laughs> and we are still discussing Disney lists. We're kind of right in the middle of things. We got two down, two to go. So we're keeping this going with our uh, apparently resident uh, Disney file. Uh, Mary Liz is joining us this evening. Hello, everyone. Um, Yes, yeah, so if you've been listening for the past couple weeks, uh, we've done Disney live action, we did Disney Pixar last week, and then tonight we're doing Disney animation, that'll be our top five list, and then we'll be move, we'll take those resulting films, those resulting three lists, which is 15 films, and we will uh, narrow that down to our five favorite Disney films of all time. What's nice about that, though, is we're going to get to our final list and we're going to have all the D23 news to talk about. So next week, oh, there you so go. next week we are going to have all this D23 information. I'm expecting tons of news about Disney Plus, almost more on Disney Plus than anything else. Um, just because that's like forefront of coming out. I'm expecting some Marvel news that got held back from San Diego. I'm expecting Star Wars news since we're on the horizon of uh, episode 9 and what's going to be beyond or at least a slate of what they plan. So that's just in my head of my expectations of what to expect. Um, before we get to news, which um, we actually had more than I thought we were going to have tonight, um, did we watch anything over the past <laughs> weekend or a few days? So. Um, I've been watching something that I thought I'd bring up. But, okay. uh, so I have a uh, recently born son. Like I've got a newborn kid at home, and uh, we like to put like random cartoons and stuff. Like yeah. sit him down and put a random cartoon on the TV and let him watch it and certain shows he'll just like get really interested in the colors and what's going on on the screen and certain shows he won't and uh for a while it was jimmy neutron was like for some reason he was really enjoying watching that on hulu but we actually watched through all of jimmy neutron and the next show that came on was actually the 2012 uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series. Have either of you guys watched this at all? Uh, no. Okay, so I this was this was the CG like animated one, and this is a series that like I'm a big Turtles fan, but I kind of avoided this series for a long time, and I think it comes down to like I didn't really know if I liked the look of all the main characters, like all the all the turtles. I was like, yeah, they look kind of cool, but they look a little too cutesy and cartoony for me. But because it came on like on Hulu, you know, on the random progressive progression of the of the stream, uh, I started watching this show, and what I realized is, yeah, all the main characters do kind of look cutesy, but it's really because everything else in the show is so incredibly dark <laughs> that they like have to be, and like I'm actually loving this series so far because like. So many of the villains' designs are really gruesome, like, really dark. Oh. Um, Shredder actually looks like he... I, I actually don't know exactly what happened to him, but his skin looks all, like, charred or, like, messed up. Like, he kind of looks more like a zombie under the mask. Um, 
and it's just really cool like uh there's a lot of like cool little easter eggs in it as well like there's one episode where well okay so you know when they go to in the first ninja turtles movie when they go to the farm and they like kind of hide out on the farm for a little while yeah yeah so they do that as like half a season in this show and the whole season it's like they've got like an evil dead parody in there they've got a a part where they all the turtles fight like these giant mutant beavers that are essentially Freddy Krueger. So there's like a Freddy Krueger parody in there. There's one part where they meet this goofy frog guy. Is that who's, on Netflix? Uh, this is on Hulu, oh, but okay. it, it it originally aired on Nickelodeon. But they, so there's this one episode that I thought was funny where they meet uh, this big like goofy frog guy who's totally a Napoleon Dynamite parody, but. Uh, this Napoleon Dynamite-esque character takes Michelangelo back to his home with all these, like, giant mutant frogs. And when he gets back there, you realize that this guy is not only Napoleon Dynamite, but he's also Jar Jar Binks. And I was like, okay, what the heck? This guy's... Because uh, that's the vibe I got is, like, this is just like when Jar Jar brought Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon back to the Gungan city. And then I didn't know if that was, like, too subtle, though. I didn't know if I was wrong in that assessment. But then... Later that episode, April O'Neil says, I've got a bad feeling about this. And I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. So this is a <laughs> show really that funny. I've kind of been watching off and on, catching parts of episodes. I've really enjoyed it. And it's just one that I'm really excited to actually go back and dive into and watch the whole thing. So, I mean, I was surprised. I didn't think I'd like it that, this much, but I definitely recommend this one. So so does your son like this one just as much as Jimmy Neutron think, or is it a little too dark? Well, no, I think he, whenever it's on, like, he kind of looks at the screen. But at this point, it's actually just me and my wife watching it for ourselves <laughs> instead of He's him, clearly so. too young to have any, like, opinion on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we're actually been more drawn into to it we're like actually this is really cool you know so we're also enjoying they do a lot of like mix between like 2d and 3d animation in there and they've got like the turtles will all gather and watch like a show together and it'll be like a parody of like masters of the universe or something like that and like i don't know there's a lot of funny little tidbits in there so yeah um mary liz did you watch anything exciting or no when, when you when you showed up here, you were like, I don't really have anything new to say. And I was like, oh, that's fine. No, like, I well, just... I, in sitting here, I thought about it. It's nothing that I think anyone listening to this podcast might want to hear about, but I did watch um, Bachelor in Paradise yesterday. Oh, oh, I caught right, up on yeah. the first couple episodes. So, like I said, nobody wants to hear about it. I was just looking for something mindless, and... Uh, that's what I chose. Uh, yeah, there you so. go. Um, <laughs> my, my wife's very into that show, mm. and then at work, like, we've got a TV in the office, and that show, they watch it every week. <laughs> so I unfortunately know a lot more <laughs> that's going on in that show than I'd like to admit. Mm. But um, I watched the new Robin Hood. Oh, right, with... Yeah, uh, with Taron Edgerton and okay, um, yeah. Jamie Foxx and Ben Mendelsohn. Um, I, this... <laughs> I, when I heard this was coming out, I was, like, kind of excited, and I saw the trailer. I'm like, wow, that's kind of interesting, and then I never watched it, mm-hmm. and it got real bad reviews, so, like, I just never watched it. Now it's, like, on HBO, so I was like, okay, sweet, I'll, yeah. I'll give this a go, and I woke up Sunday morning and gave it a watch. Um, this movie is really, really fun. In the sense of, like, you and I talked about Three Musketeers on the live-action yeah. podcast, um, on the Disney live-action list we did. Um, this is in the vein of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a fun movie from beginning to end. Um, they, it's, look, the best Robin Hood film out is the 
uh, Kevin Costner, Prince of Thieves yeah. version. Um, and I don't know anyone who would argue that there's a better Robin Hood movie out there, but this movie basically uh, kind of... Some people might argue the Disney animated one. And they but. Might. but I kind of... It's kind of like they took some of the best stuff from that Robin Hood film, and then they took a cue from all the stuff going on with Arrow. Yeah, Because of, like, that. all the bow and arrow mm-hmm. stuff that goes on over there and maybe some bow and arrow stuff with Hunger Games and, like, kind of combined things together. And they just made this really cool movie. Um, the thing that really stood out to me is in uh, the in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner, it all starts at the Crusades. Um, and the footage you see of the Crusades is primarily in a prison. Well, this one, you get to see some of the battle sequences in a Crusade, and they shot it as if it was a modern-day... Uh, Desert Storm, Afghanistan, yeah. Iraq, like Iraq, uh, military movie, like the way they like the way the as the troops move through the city instead of like instead of like uh, assault rifles, their bow and arrows like half drawn, yeah. ready to go. It was just really cool tactical. Yep. They shot it that way, and I was really and that's what immediately drew me in. I'm like, so, this is going to be a cool. movie. So I've seen I've seen this movie actually. Okay. I didn't uh, I. I know what part you're talking about, and I didn't think of it that way, but you're totally right. Like, that's how it's shot, and, like, I definitely got the whole, like, first-person shooter-esque feel of that whole scene. Right. Um, But I'm with you. Like, I actually had a really good time with the movie. Like, I think it was really good. There's a couple things where... So, like, the movie obviously, like, tries to blend modern influences as yeah, well as do. like the me- medieval stuff and especially with costuming yeah and that's actually <laughs> the biggest thing that i didn't know if i liked like some of it i thought would work and then some of it i'm like well yeah they technically could have made that outfit and would have worn it back then but would anybody ever have done that <laughs> like um, uh like the sheriff's coat for example that's probably yeah. the biggest one that stood mm-hmm. out but i mean this was a movie that they were clearly just they were just trying to have some fun, and Robin Hood's so steeped in legend and myth and trying to modernize it just a tad, just a tad, <laughs> but keep everything old school. It just I just thought it worked on a lot of levels. Yeah. And the other thing that really impressed me about the movie is the giant sets that had to get made. Yeah, I didn't really even like, think about that either. Massive yeah. set work as opposed to, like, there was some maybe some of the wide shots had some CG, but all, like, everything was very close quarter combat. Yeah. So, like, there's a huge horse and carriage car, uh, wagon chase. Yeah, that, that was a great the movie. part. Yeah. The whole sequence is one giant set, and you can tell that it's a set. And it's it was... I was yeah, just I mean, really impressed. I mean, I mean, you're right, and that's I just didn't think about that at all. But yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah. I don't summer. know. I just I it look the reviews got really bad. I hate Rotten Tomatoes, but those scores are really bad. I just if you if you passed over it because of a review or the Rotten Tomatoes nonsense, I highly recommend just giving it a shot. Especially since you know if it's on mm-hmm. H- if you have HBO and. It's, it's free for you to watch, so just um, take a couple hours, turn your brain off, and enjoy it. I'm thinking, like, how does this compare to the uh, Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie? Have you seen that I one? I have not, and yeah. that made me... And I skipped over it, but it makes me now want to go watch that. Yeah, and so. I'm wondering... I think the King Arthur one came out first, but I'm not sure, and I, it makes me kind of wonder if they saw what Guy Ritchie did with King Arthur, and they're like, okay, we're going to do this similar thing over here, or whatever, but yeah, I, I did have fun with it overall, so yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into some news, shall we? Sure. Okay, so I'm going to, I'll bounce around this list a little bit. Um, first, uh, Lionsgate, you and I are enjoying our uh, 
uh, yeah. streamy wars or whatever. <laughs> um, Lionsgate's getting into the streaming game, so there's gonna that's be that's interesting. That's, I'm not surprised, but Lionsgate includes uh, movie the Hunger Games series and Twilight, and there's yeah. plenty of more franchises that fall under because Lionsgate's a studio that lets directors do what directors want to do. They kind of back away from everything and let them do their work that includes like all the Godzilla stuff I think that's a good way of putting it too I know for a long time uh, Lionsgate was known as like the horror studio like wait to see what horror movies Lionsgate is putting out and now there's like I don't even think Lionsgate holds that crown anymore at all but it's really interesting because I don't think of Lionsgate as being like one of the big movie studios so it just makes me wonder like I'm surprised they're doing their own streaming service. I know um, Viacom, for example, who owns like MTV and Nickelodeon. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they own them. They aren't doing a streaming service because they basically said like, we're going to sit this one out, wait to see who gets to the top, and then we'll (laughs) decide where we want to host our shows. You know, know, I remember back in the day when it was VHS versus Betamax, that was the war. (laughs) Right, Um, yeah. And, uh... Uh, VHS won only because the porn industry went with VHS, and at the time they Ooh, were like they were like almost ninety. They were like eighty, seventy, or eighty yeah. percent of like all VHS sales was that. So that's kind of tipped the scale for yeah. um, VHS. Um, and then the next war was Blu-ray versus DVD or Blu-ray versus HD DVD. <laughs> Okay. Um, and I don't really know what was the tipping scale on that one. Um, Interesting. I have yeah. a feeling it had to do with the PlayStation put a Blu-ray player in the system as opposed to, you know, That's I don't know, call, though. Yeah. Uh, but um, I just think it's interesting that we've moved from tech format to... <laughs> yeah, so then it makes me wonder if there's something innovative that, like, people could do with their own streaming service, you know, like... Right. I mean, you could say Netflix tried something really innovative and interactive with, like, Bandersnatch... Like where it's more oh, yeah. of a choose your own adventure yeah. thing, but you know maybe one of these streaming services has to host like VR movies or something to like give them the leg up, right. you know. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But <laughs> right we need on. we need to get the VR tech. We need to, we need the Oasis. That's where yeah. the VR tech has to get before I'm completely. Sold. Um, I was gonna say, or they could always just go with porn, and then <laughs> they might go further. Sure. So. <laughs> um, Let's talk some real quick uh, DC news. Um, first off, Krypton got canceled on Sci-Fi. Yeah, I heard that. You are the re- between the two of us, you are the resident <laughs> Superman fan yeah. over here. Not so that I'm not, but I you're felt really bad movie. about this because I'm like not caught up on Krypton, which means I'm part of the problem. But from well, what I have watched, it's like a really good show. It's funny it's, you say that because the reason it got canceled is viewership is way down. Yeah, and I feel yeah, and it's it sucks, but it, it was a real it was a really good show from what I've seen. I really want to catch up on it. I'm excited about it, but it's just I haven't found the time yet. But I mean, there is a couple. What is it? Two season, two full seasons it's of the show. Two full seasons, and it was supposed to get a Lobo spinoff series, which yeah. I was like real excited about, and that is also now off the table because yeah. I canceled. Krypton. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. I would thought because they were talking about that series, that meant Krypton was doing really well. But, I mean, it's bittersweet because it got canceled. But the way I'm going to look at it is, like, we got two seasons of a show that's really just about Superman lore that has no Superman in it at all. And that's a pretty niche thing that we should be grateful for, you know? So, Yeah, um... <laughs> I, my, I I had read somewhere that Krypton was being shopped around to other networks. 
I'm surprised it's not being pulled and just being put on the DC streaming service. Yeah, I think it would be perfect for the but, DC streaming service. But I don't know. Yeah. So I just saw that and I was like, man, that it was it was almost like we hit the we hit the we turned off the microphone and then that story broke <laughs> okay. last week and I was like, oh yeah. man, well. Um, so on the DC news, uh, um, he. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, I almost said Heath Ledger. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix uh, was talking about the Joker laugh for his portrayal of the character in the movie The Joker that is fast approaching. We're like a month and a half out from The Joker releasing. So um, I just thought that was a really interesting quote uh, because it kind of makes me like you barely get to hear the laugh in the trailer. But it really makes me excited to to see the movie because he said that with the laugh... He started watching videos of people suffering from pathological laughter, uh, which is a neurological disorder that makes individuals laugh uncontrollably. Um, that really kind of has me creeped out a little bit. <laughs> um, the um, the issue with the laugh, like you know, in my opinion, one of the best laughs has always been Mark Hamill's uh, when he vo- uh, voicing Joker for the animated series, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Heath Ledger's. I don't know. That one sticks out in my head, but it was I always felt more maniacal along with Jared Leto. Like they always seem like very maniacal, and um, I feel like yeah. and I feel like Jack Nicholson's laugh kind of mimicked uh, Caesar Caesar Romero's. Romero a little bit from mm-hmm. 1966 Batman. So, you know, I just I'm really interested, and I have a feeling that as good as this Joker movie looks and as special as it looks, it's really going to creep me out. So, yeah, I mean, this is a character that. It's crazy. When you look at, like, Cesar Romero and, like, the 60s Batman show and how, like, goofy and tongue-in-cheek that was, it's crazy to think about how, like, messed up (laughs) the Joker's become where, you know, there's, like, Heath Ledger who was, I mean, I don't know all the details of the official story, but depending on who you talk to, was driven to death because of playing the Joker. And then you have, like, Jared Leto's Joker, who supposedly Jared Leto was method acting the entire time and doing really disgusting pranks to his fellow (laughs) actors on the Suicide Squad movie. And then, uh, I mean, Jack Nicholson told Heath Ledger, like, this is a... This is a role that will mess with you, you know. He warned Heath Ledger about playing this role. And so, like, now hearing this about Walking Phoenix, it's like, I don't know if I've heard of, like, the Joker's laugh, like, the origin of that having a really messed up, twisted origin to it. But, like, so this is my first time hearing this, but it also doesn't surprise me that <laughs> Walking Phoenix would be looking at videos that are that crazy. Yeah. And that's, like, a really roundabout way of saying it, but it's just... I don't know. It's, it seems like a role that will mess with you, so I guess tread carefully if you have to play yeah, right. the Joker in the future. Um, did we... this? I didn't put this on the whiteboard because I just... Since you're talking about it, it just reminded me about this because we were talking about old DC actors and it made me think of, like... I started thinking about how, like... <clears throat> because of, like... You know, you just were talking about Cesar Romero, but it's made me look... The CW crossover has made me look at the... Um, DC, the older DC properties in a completely different light because we're hearing all these reports yeah. of like them bringing in all this old stuff to account for it. Did you see that Tom Welling might be um, coming into the DC uh, crossover? I mean, I think you might have mentioned Superman. it a bit, but... Okay, as another Superman? Yeah, like reprising his role. Like, they, they had a conversation about... Um, they had a conversation about him maybe coming in and playing Batman. 
Yeah. But he would come in and play Superman, which is interesting. He made a post on, um, I, I don't know if this is on Instagram, about shooting location. And um, it said, very professional uh, location for a shoot. And in the picture, it looks like they're possibly on the old Kent farm from Smallville. Oh, cool. Which is what they actually use for the Kent farm on Supergirl. Yeah, um, makes sense. And someone responded with, I hope you're in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. And he responded, duh. <laughs> so, I... I mean, that's like all but confirmed. I I, that, you know what yeah. I mean? But he didn't say what. He just said, yeah. duh. You know what I mean? So, I just... that. Kind of makes me excited. For there is two roles that I think I'd be more excited than him playing Superman at this point. And okay. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I'd love to see him come back and play Bizarro. Like, I think that would be awesome. And then I'd also love to see him play Ultraman. I think either of those would be amazing. Oh, you know? Have him be Ultraman would be yeah. sick. That's, exactly, a, that's another yeah. facet of the multiverse <laughs> right, I haven't thought yeah. about. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, moving on to speed this up a little bit. Um... Birds of Prey has got reshoots coming. And there's a little corner of the internet that's in panic mode. Let me reassure you and say every movie yeah. goes through reshoots. Everything. They they ordered heavy reshoots on Endgame, and look how it turned out. Okay, mm-hmm. Basically, you turn in a cut of the film, and someone says, hey, we need to clean this up, or something doesn't look right, so they bring in all the actors. Every movie has reshoots. It's fine. What's really cool about this, though, is that John Wood the director of John Wick is coming in to help clean up some of the fight sequences. Oh, interesting. And if you've okay. watched John Wick, those fight sequences are insane. Yeah. So that just made me kind of excited that they're basically hyping up, they're ba- or amping up all yeah. the, uh, the fighting. So. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. And uh, if like if you've been following Birds of Prey, you know that uh, the choreographer of the John Wick movies is the choreographer on Birds of Prey. So, I mean, he's already worked with this director, so yeah. it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to work out perfectly, yeah, yeah. I think, so. Um, okay, so quick Disney uh, Disney news for the Disney Plus series. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars is apparently getting a series or a mini-series on the Disney Plus app. We all expected an Obi-Wan Kenobi film because that was the big rumor back in the day. But apparently yeah. Ewan McGregor is in talks to come back to play Obi-Wan Kenobi in the series. Um, this is really cool. This is something we all want. I feel that Ewan McGregor's been kind of saying, I hope they call me, I hope they call me. Ever since Disney bought <laughs> Star Wars, he's like, I hope they call me. Like yeah. He's been verbally saying it. So the fact that this isn't like a thing locked down, because all the reports just say in talks. Yeah. I feel like it's done deal and they just can't say that yet. You know what I mean? So, um, thoughts? I think Anything? this is awesome. I didn't know it was, like, officially confirmed, but I've seen people talking about it. So, apparently the series is happening. It's just bringing you and McGregor nice. back to play the character. I'm more excited about this than The Mandalorian. Like, I think this sounds awesome. And oh. Yeah, I'm super okay. well, excited for it. I've seen things for The Mandalorian, so I'm very excited for The Mandalorian over Obi-Wan at this point. <laughs> but it's enough. mostly because, for me... The Obi-Wan Kenobi series would have to, in my opinion, because we got the prequel films, would have to take place between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yeah. And what we know going on is that unless Obi-Wan left Tatooine for some reason, he is just hanging out on Tatooine for 20 yeah. years. But I do like there's like kind of a cool Obi-Wan uh, kind of, I don't know if it's, I think it's kind of a fan fiction backstory or back 
backstory where it's uh, Obi-Wan hangout on Tatooine and in secret protecting Luke Skywalker and making sure he's okay the whole time. And I think that could be kind of a cool thing to see is like right. protection of Luke in secret. And I don't know, I just... I love the character. I loved uh, Ewan McGregor's, per, you know, portrayal of Obi-Wan. And just, I think just my enjoyment of that character makes me more drawn to this than the Mandalorian that's about who knows what random stuff to me. So, I mean, I'm sure they're both good. I'm just like, this gets me a little bit more excited than sure. that one. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So... Do you have you watched Marvelous Miss Maisel on no, Amazon yet? Not, not Mary at all. Liz, do you watch that show? I do not. People sh- tell me I'd like it. You should. It's fantastic. It's <laughs> probably one of my favorite television shows right now. It is so incredibly charming. Um, the uh, I, I really think it's probably now that Game of Thrones is now off the table. I think Marvelous Miss Maisel is the best television show on television right now. Um, now have you watched Bachelors in Paradise? <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> No, but the uh, the season three teaser dropped uh, either today or yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, it's just charming, and it makes me excited because uh, season three airs December sixth. I don't have a lot to say otherwise, other than can't wait. So okay. nice. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up. If anyone's like following the Miss Maisel train, like, hey, there you go, December sixth. That's when it comes back. Um, but let's talk about this final one on my list here, Peter, because this got me really excited. Yeah. Mostly because of who's behind it, but uh, it looks like Netflix is going to be bringing He-Man back to the animated screen. Yeah. Um, I was a He-Man kid growing up. There were a lot of kids who were. Um, He-Man's had this really weird... Um, it, it, it was there when I was growing up. It disappeared for a while. They tried to bring it back. It was horrible. It disappeared You didn't like the reboot? The reboot? In 2003 or whatever? Is that the one is you're talking about? Is that the one there was one, maybe it was 2003. I did not like it. I thought it, it was cool. Um, like, actually, I, I actually collected a couple of those comics when it came out, like when they rebooted well, it did, and stuff. You're talking about the show or the comics? Well, they did the show, they but then they, the did, show. they did a, the comics that were cl- pretty, like, closely related oh, to the show. Oh, okay. So, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't see the comics at all. Okay. I just saw the show, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and then I know they did, like, and they tried to do another resurgence, but nothing happened with it. And I heard that they were trying to, they've been trying to get a movie off the ground, which I'm yeah. not sure if that's even. Even, I don't even know where the development of that is. Um, but this animated series that's happen- that's going to be going to Netflix is going to be written... Kevin Smith is one of the writers, <laughs> yeah. and it sounds like he's directing so it I as hear. well. And um, I don't know how adult that's going to be right? But, in terms of like language and content. But the idea of that is just really cool. You know, he's so... Kevin Smith is so caring about source material that it's only can go... It only can get better... Yeah, and he, um, and he, said that they're picking up right where the series left off, which makes me want to go f- watch the finale because I don't remember where the series <laughs> left off. Nice. Yeah. So, um, any thoughts? You know, like, I mean, this this is awesome. The Kevin Smith part, I kind of thought was weird. Like, I didn't know if I felt like Kevin Smith was the right pick for it because I haven't <laughs> seen him like direct anything close to he-man at all but and i don't know if kevin smith might be a huge he-man fan i don't know but uh i'll wait to see anything before judgment but i keep i keep thinking back of uh the castlevania series and how much i loved that and i i saw this that castlevania series man i think about that all the time it's so good yeah and i saved this uh poster for the he-man thing to my phone and i'm actually showing drew right now i don't know if this is an official poster or not 
Probably not. Okay, because that's what I keep seeing, because at the top it says a Netflix original anime series, which makes me think it's going to be anime, it's going to be similar in style to the Castlevania series that we got, and it just makes me excited. I think um, He-Man's like one of those properties that... It's very weird and very random, but I love the uh, I love the world they created. I think I love all the characters in it, and it's just really cool. So I mean, He Man's a little bit before my time with like my age, but I always thought it was like a cool world and stuff. It's just like you have to understand that like He Man is just like this huge bodybuilder guy with like a fur speedo, and I think some of his design <laughs> elements need to just be updated a little bit for his people design to take elements him seriously. Just, they so. really do because yeah. there's been some really cool comic art that I've seen that I'm just like, wow, like, <laughs> yeah. why is that not a thing? And yeah. you know, maybe we'll maybe that's what we're gonna be getting. Yeah. And then I wonder if like if Kevin Smith's in charge of it, is it gonna be kind of tongue in cheek a little bit? But that I'm also cool with because, like, if you watch enough anime, you know, one thing that anime is really good at doing is making things kind of silly and jokey, jokey while also being really badass and, like, really yeah. action-packed and cool. So, I mean, it's... We'll just right, wait, was, wait to see. It's like a big wild card. About the so. No, I actually just Googled it while you guys were talking oh, about nice. it. Because I didn't even <laughs> okay. know what you were talking about it, way before my time. It all started with a series. <laughs> like There's a there's a really cool uh, show on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. So they do like an episode on Star Wars, and it's just Star Wars toys. So they do an episode on Lego, and it's just Lego toys. Or they do uh, an episode on Barbie, and it's like the history of the Barbie doll and all this stuff. It's, really, it's just a docu-series. Yeah. They have one episode where it's specifically on He-Man... And the whole thing started, they made the toys, and then to sell the toys, they're like, yeah, we have this comic book. And it was just complete bullshit. They yes. bullshitted their way through the entire process of this, and like, what comic book? And like, you know, we have the comic book, so now they had to make a comic book. And then they're like, but then we also have the show, and they're like, what? Like, like <laughs> yeah. they basically like backdoored everything, and it became one of the fastest selling like toy lines ever in the history of toys hmm. um and it was just it hit it hit right when i was at the perfect age so it just yeah. became this big thing like i had tons of the figures i had the castle i think the castle is still intact somewhere so <laughs> yeah. Um, um yeah it's uh if i'm glad you mentioned the toys that made us because like I feel like if you watch one episode of that show, watch the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe that, one. Cause that's, it, that episode so, specifically, like more than the rest so of them. It's so fascinating how much it was all just BS that the the people making these toys just made up everything as they went and they had no clue what they were doing and it became this like huge like worldwide phenomenon and it's, it's I'd say crazy, I'd say watch know? the Star Wars one too but when I watched that episode I knew everything that they talked yeah, about I so felt that way too I was like Star this Wars is ever I mean it was just cool to see some of the Star Wars toys but I'm like yeah. I know everything you know this they're talking so. I'm also waiting for the toys that made a season 3 to come out I don't know what's I feel like I've been waiting for that so long. I don't know what the holdup is, but they might not know what toy to do next. No, I've seen I've seen the episodes. Like they were oh. gonna do a Ninja Turtles one. They were gonna do like they had a couple lined up, but oh. I don't know. It's all right. Come on, Netflix, release that crap because I want to <laughs> see it. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the news. So, are you guys ready to talk 
the list because Mary Liz has been quiet for a very long time. <laughs> this was my turn to feel like the kid who didn't do their uh, reading in English. Class. No, it's all right. We we got We got to bring the. It news, was a lot so. of yeah. like inside baseball DC stories. Yeah, this but week, hey, so. you know what? Uh, next weekend is D twenty three, so everything's going to be D twenty three when we sit down next week. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's uh, do the list. So Ryan, play the thing. For the top five. Okay, so here we are. Disney animated films. So, over the past couple weeks, if you've been listening, we have been breaking down the Disney films into our top five, our, our top five favorite Disney movies of all time. That's such a beast. So the first one we did, go back. Uh, if you're listening to this, this, this is the first episode you're listening to, and you're curious, go back a couple episodes, because we did Disney live action first. Then we did uh, Pixar films last week, which I feel like I complained a little bit about Pixar films. I didn't mean to be negative. <laughs> there was someone like, you know what I didn't like about that one? Um, no, but tonight we're going to do Disney animation. And then next week we will take the resulting 15 films that we listed over those past couple uh, lists and narrow it down to our five favorite Disney films of all time. Um, so... Tonight we're going to discuss Disney animation, and I need. I was talking to Mary Liz right before you walked in, Peter, um, about this, that uh, Disney Toons is part of this. Now, a lot of people don't realize that Disney Animation Studios was split into two divisions. So you have Disney Animation, which are those, those are the films that primarily make it to theaters, and Disney Toons is primarily only straight to DVD. But okay. movies like a Goofy movie are considered... Disney Toons, because they were made in the Disney Toons studio, but because it got a theatrical release, it's part of the Disney animation line. Does that make sense? It's There's some of these weird, blurred lines. Okay. A lot of the Disney sequ- uh, animated sequels fall under Disney Toons. Is um, Disney Toons... Planes, like Cars... I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Cars was uh, Pixar, Disney Pixar, and part of Disney Animation Studios, but Planes, which was supposed to be part of that, got moved to Disney Toons. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of... Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know about this. I'm assuming, like, Disney Toons is primarily, like, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, like, those Well, that's that's what or, you would think yeah. right away, because, like, the Steamboat Willie... Um, well, I'm even thinking of, like, they did, like, an uh, animated Three Musketeers where it was, like, Mickey, Goofy, and Donald, I think. Yeah, I know, and, so and, like, and a lot of that stuff falls under there, but you yeah. know what? If that if that version of Three Musketeers makes your list, I totally understand. I'm just saying, in the, yeah. in the weird blurred lines of animation, Disney animation, versus Disney tunes... I wanted to like clarify. So if you're at home playing the home game and you're like, but I really like that. Oh, wait, it doesn't fall under this category. No, it does. We're going to allow it because it's, yeah. you know. I'm curious where Winnie the Pooh sits. Is he a Disney tune? I think Winnie the Pooh falls under Disney animation. And it's okay. only because Winnie the Pooh is part of uh, the old guard. Right, okay. Back when Walt was around. And they only had the one studio. So I think that's why that falls that way. Um, okay. I could look that up while we're talking, but I do... Um, I, I do want to include all of it because it's animation, period. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I'm sure there's, like, we've got the... We're including the 3D movies that aren't Pixar, so I think it's, like... Right, well... And that's probably a separate studio or whatever where they right. actually do Like, Tangled, for example, is, like, a very large amount of it. Even though it's very 3D computer animation, many, many parts of that movie are actually hand-drawn. And a lot of people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. So, um... 
that kind of that was the one movie that really blurred the hand drawn versus computer animation. So right, yeah. At any rate, um, let's talk our list since now I've cleared up a loophole that I remembered. And right before we sat down, I'm like, oh, yeah, we have the two different studios. Um, I feel like somehow I got more confused. <laughs> oh, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to confuse anybody. I just wanted to be like, hey, if no, you guys didn't know in the world of Disney behind-the-scenes stuff, there's the two different studios. And I just wanted to talk about it for a minute. Okay. Um, right. So um, who wants to go first tonight? Do we have honorable... How about this? We have honorable mentions first, if anyone's got any. Um, does anyone want to go first? Otherwise, I want to point a finger. And we're going to let Mary Liz go first. I can first. go first this time. Because <laughs> she yeah. has been sitting quiet and waiting. Yeah, it's my uh. turn to talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my first honorable mention is The Princess and the Frog. And the reason this didn't make my list is I had a hard time actually remembering what the storyline was but so that I, I decided that it wasn't list worthy for that but the reason that it's an honorable mention is there's just a lot of things about this movie that I like um one is the setting being in New Orleans I just thought that was really a cool setting for a Disney quote-unquote princessy movie um and I really like the city of New Orleans um I liked the different characters that were involved so there was like the alligator and the little firefly. I actually remember the firefly story more than the, the princesses. Um, mm. But so that might say something. But overall, just uh, really like that movie. I like the music. I like the setting. Uh, I thought it was different. Great. Uh, nice. Peter, honorable mention. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so my first one. <laughs> Sweet. Are we like, yeah. My honorable mentions are kind of weird, but I kind of picked them because... I guess of innovation. Like I appreciate them a lot because of how innovative they were. But the first one I picked is uh, Fantasia, and I don't know if that counts because according to Wikipedia, that's a hybrid film, and I'm um, not exactly sure why. So it's a hybrid film. First off, fan- this is the one. So we talked about hybrid films being categorized for um, live, action. live action because yeah. they're primarily live action. Um, Fantasia is a hybrid film because there's moments in the movie. Where they show the orchestra mm-hmm. and the oh. conductors on screen yes, I about before that. they play yeah. the piece. However, this is the one hybrid film that I put. I would personally say this falls under animation only yeah. because it's like ninety-eight percent animated. Yeah, and then that two percent is when you see the orchestra. So, um, but no, I, that's that's that perfect. Yeah, that's the, great. This is a movie that I think. What's cool about Fantasia is. The movie starts out, and it starts literally just, like, music and imagery. And the imagery is actually, like, very abstract, and it's, like, they're obviously attempting, like, this really interesting, like, artistic um, portrayal of, like, how music could be visually represented. And it's, like, very interesting, and, like, I haven't really seen anything else do that. And um, when I was a kid, I didn't think of it that way, but as my mother would always say... She was very interested in this, like, cool, abstract, artsy beginning to the movie. And then halfway through, she was watching uh, ballet dancing hippos. <laughs> That's where right. she lost interest. This, um, is, this is a perfect example of the movie. The movie's basically silent. It's a silent film, technically. Yeah. Um, what's really cool is, and it's, I like how you pointed out about the music controlling the story, in a sense. Yeah. Um, the imagery, or the music controlling the story so much as the music or the story influencing the music that's being played. Um, because, uh, like, George Lucas talks about how Star Wars is essentially a silent film. Have you ever watched it, like, with the aud- the vocals down and just the story? 
like just, just the, the music, music, I mean. No, I haven't really thought about that. Um, but. Unfortunately, I don't know how I would do those levels, but if you focus on just the music, it flows no, just the same. You don't need the dialogue for the story to make sense um, as you watch the story unfold. That's and cool. It's made me, and Fantasia is a perfect example of what's made me really look at film scores. Like, I sit in the car and listen to film scores constantly. Um, but in terms of watching a movie, like I might watch a film score like three or four times and go watch the movie, and then suddenly I hear everything completely differently, and you see things differently. You see yeah. how you see how certain pieces of music are punctuated by the images on the screen, and yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I mean, you went off on like a huge yeah, I know there, a huge no, change. I'm, <laughs> I totally agree with what you're saying, and it's awesome. Um, and then like. Like I said, I wa- I kind of agree where I'm not that interested in the dancing hippos in the movie, but then there's the parts like the underwater like fish sequence is like really interesting like to watch, um, and then as well as like the fairies and like the dancing mushrooms and stuff like that's really cool looking too. What the biggest reason though, when it comes down to it, why I picked Fantasia for my list is that last sequence, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's the one with the giant it's the, it's demon. The, it's the night on Bald Mountain. There you go, okay, yeah, and I knew as soon as I'd, he- I'd hear it, I would know it, but I used to watch this whole movie <laughs> just to see that sequence. That's <laughs> when I was a kid, <laughs> and, you're and like, I thought that was so badass. <laughs> I wanted to see that guy. I wanted, I wanted to see all the demons dancing around and stuff, and I didn't realize I could fast forward or something. <laughs> I don't know. But I would sit there and watch the whole movie, and then when that part came up, I'd be like, oh, yes, this is great. So and That's a long sit for that one sequence. Oh, yeah, sequence, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I was a kid. I didn't have anything yeah, else yeah, to yeah. do, I guess. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that that was a lot for an honorable mention, but there was just you made a huge point about the music flow. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, my first honorable mention is Moana. Um, I know that's weird to have it in an honorable mention and not higher on the list, but this is a movie like, and I only make it an honorable mention because I've only seen it like a handful of times. Um, my picks, I've talked about this in the past, how a lot of my picks deal with rewatchability and how many times I've seen a film and that kind of stuff. Um, but Moana surprised the hell out of me when I watched it the very first time. Like, it completely surprised me with, like, uh, from visuals to art direction to, like, I couldn't stop staring at her hair for most of the movie because of the animation that was used for her hair. Um, but then throw in the music, it, the songs in that movie are just incredible. Um, so I just I wanted to just bring it up because it's great, but I haven't seen it enough to hold against the rest of the movies on my list. Mm. So, cool. Yeah. So this goes back to you, Mary Liz. Yeah. My next honorable mention is Ralph breaks the internet, and um, I like what they did with this movie, just like the way they tackled the internet and like how they <laughs> made it into a cartoon or made it animated um, and just like kind of the storytelling behind it and I feel like if I were to imagine what the inner workings of the internet look like they did a pretty good job like <laughs> with what is kind of in my head um, I have to I have to watch it again yeah I, I feel like I had it built up in my head so much that I just mm-hmm. kind of didn't like what I was saw yeah. so I'm just like like I liked the movie it just I think was in my head I was expecting yeah. so much more out of it I yeah. actually I, so I loved the first one a lot and I haven't watched the second one out of like fear that I won't like it yet to tell the truth yeah. and that has a lot to do with just how it was marketed because I just felt like it looked like Disney advertising itself and that's 
probably not what it was, but like just how they went to like Disney, like the Disney's website and stuff. I was just like, ooh, I don't know if I like that. But yeah, that's a pretty and, small part of it, I would say. Yeah, and I imagine <laughs> yeah. like it probably is, but then I'm like, why is that in the trailers then? But I, I'm sorry, I feel like we're just kind of like no, you're naysaying good. Yeah. your pick well, right but it's here. Funny that's like, <laughs> see, like seeing all the princesses together when they go to the Oh My Disney website, like, that's what really made me want to watch the movie. Okay, because nice. I, Like, they got me because I love all oh, the princesses okay. and all those movies. So yeah. I was like, what? They're all going to be together? So <laughs> um, I think they, like, portrayed them really well, too. It, it, it was pretty funny. Um, and that's another reason why it's on my honorable mentions is because I had a really hard time narrowing down my favorite animated movies and this yeah. one just puts all the princesses together in one okay. so it was kind of a way to cheat nice <laughs> yeah um quick side note before we move on uh, Winnie the Pooh is part of Disney animation as okay. opposed to Disney <laughs> sorry I was looking while you guys were talking uh Peter next honorable mention okay yeah I think this one counts I picked uh, Nightmare Before Christmas yeah. Okay. Yeah, and this talk, is another one that, so. that I picked. I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit on our Christmas episode last year, but I love this movie. I think it's like a really cool world that was created in the movie. I think the music's great. Um, like, I watched this movie and I'm like, okay, Tim Burton, and I can't, I actually don't know the director of this movie off the top of my head, but I'm like, they had so much fun creating this oh, movie. Oh, uh, Nick. Uh, it's Timber. It's it's a common misconception that Tim Burton directed that yeah. film. He didn't. It was uh, Nick Shex or um. Let me pull. Let me look that. Keep talking. But anyways, like they've made like they did this really cool job creating this movie. But then the music, like I, it kind of blew my mind uh, later on in life when I learned that uh, Danny Elfman wrote all those lyrics and he performed uh, the role, the singing role of Jack Skellington. I'm like, oh. Danny Elfman had a lot of fun, like, writing. And some of those song lyrics are so creative and, like, oh, visceral Henry, and... Henry Selleck. Okay. I don't know why I got, I don't know why I got yeah. Nick, but Henry Selleck uh, um, directed it. But, yeah, I just... I love the world they created in here. And then another, like, really strong point for me with Nightmare Before Christmas is the uh, character design, like, I find really imaginative. And I think there's just... Part of it's just kind of, like... It kind of reminds me a lot of like mon like pictures of monsters and stuff I'd draw as a kid because like they did some stuff like there's the one like little like bat character who just has really long wings and he walks around on his wings and I'm like that's like something I would have drawn as a kid and I kind of like that they just like take that ridiculous design and they just went with it like have it's just you, kind of a cool strike. Have thing. you ever read the book um, The Melancholy Death of Oyster Boy and other stories? I've read. I don't. I don't think I've read the whole thing, but I've seen some of Tim Burton's like uh, okay. poetry, like it's, that, it's and almost, the illustrations. It's, it's basically that he a book. And, it's basically yeah. a book of poetry by Tim Burton, but it's all like all the artwork is very Nightmare Before Christmas artwork. It's really. Yeah. It's just a really mm -hmm. clever uh, book of poetry. I'm not a big poetry fan, but this yeah. book like really like kind of spoke. I was like, this is cool. It's kind of so, got a demented like Shel Silverstein aspect yeah, kind to it of, or something. Yeah. He also did, uh, I think it's like The Adventures of Stain Boy or something is another one of Tim Burton's books like that. So yeah, I definitely dig that stuff. Yeah. So. Um, so my last honorable mention, I, we're talking a lot on honorable mentions, but Disney animation for it's, some reason of all the categories gets held in this high. Regard. Yeah, no, it's it's, so. it's we took a collections of movies that we love and we had to narrow it down. So it's like <laughs> we have to narrow have it down to, to five. We have yeah. to narrow it down to fifteen and then to five. Yeah. So I totally get it. Uh, so my next my my final honorable mention is Aladdin. 
Um, I'm as I battled with this, I'm like, wow, this you know made it. This didn't make my five. You know what I mean? So, um, but this movie, this hit like I was what I think like almost in junior high when this movie came out. So um, yeah, in '92. So yeah, I was just started junior high when this movie came out, and I. Uh, I loved it for some reason, and it just it just stuck with with me. Whether it be the comedy from you know Robin Williams or uh, the adventure that t- goes on, and it's just it's such a yeah. fantastic movie, and it scares me to even attempt to watch the live action one. I so, <laughs> say so you um, haven't watched that. I have yeah, not watched okay. it yet. I'm kind of scared yeah. to watch it, um, but it's because of my love for the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a really solid pick too. Like I like Aladdin like a ton. Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it because we've talked about it before. It's just, yeah, it's just a really good, solid movie. So, um, okay, are we ready to talk our actual five? Yes. Yeah. And this is, and I know this is going to be hard, guys, so feel free mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I, I get it. So feel free to talk all you want <laughs> on these movies. Or there's no, uh, sky's the limit here. So, uh, Mary Liz. My your first Liz, actual pick, Fire First away. actual pick is Beauty and the Beast. And... Uh, it's Belle was always my favorite princess, so that's most of the reason why it's on my list. Um, I remember one time Drew, you had asked me like my favorite movie scene, and the first thing that came to mind was the ballroom scene hmm. of Beauty and the Beast. Oh yeah, I did ask you that one time. Yeah. yeah okay. So um, that that was just like what came to mind. I I mean the movie is you know the the point of the story is strange, but I have like. Have you seen the, the Have you seen the movie? On the Blu-ray conversion, the cleanup, when they cleaned it up for Blu-ray release. No. That ballroom sequence is almost mind-bending how amazing it looks on the Blu-ray cleanup. Yeah. Like, it's just the way the camera, like, like, just the camera movements and, like, how they hand... I'm like, geez, it just completely blew my mind. I remember Mm -hmm. when I watched it, I do remember rewinding the scene just to watch the camera. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I, that's, I'm like, I watched it, I'm like, this is, like, I was completely hypnotized by the background, I've been watching it, like, I had to rewind and rewatch the sequence, so. Yeah, and I, I don't know, I just like that movie, I always watched it a lot growing up, I like So Belle's your favorite princess, is there any reason why? Well, I feel like my mom sabotaged me into making Belle my favorite princess, (laughs) because I, like, distinctly remember her being like, we like Belle, Belle likes to read, like, so I think that that was, like... (laughs) Snow White's an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) I think it was her, like, trying to get me to do my homework and, like, enjoy school was, like, trying to be like, you're going to be like Belle if you read more books. And I feel like it kind of worked. But, um, so, yeah, I feel like I didn't really have a choice in her being my favorite growing up. And, yeah, and, I don't know, I have brown hair. It was just, like, that thing, like, where you see kind of yourself on TV. Uh, But, um, yeah, I have not befriended any. That's funny of you, Cosplay. played as Belle at all? Only when I ran those uh, races. The, oh, yeah, right, yeah. The when you talked about races, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's um, awesome. <laughs> Peter, your first actual um, Well, I actually matched Beauty and the Beast, and okay. I was going to save it a bit to talk about it, but no, I really enjoy this movie. Guess I feel what? Like, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talked about this one on another list, too, a little bit, but I just feel like this movie is such a solid, like, just fairy tale story, and I love the... Uh, world of it how it's like an enchanted like i don't know what era of like france or whatever and i think there's like i think you can sit you can kind of like tear it apart i'm kind of curious like you said you felt like the message of it is kind of weird and is that like 
Are you I know, going I don't know related? if I meant to say the message, oh, but okay. like just like when you look at what the story is about, like with her falling in love with her captor or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah. The story of looking at the beauty behind the in, behind the shell. That's the nice part. That, yeah, it's, and that, it's and the same story as Deadpool. but but i I, that's how like i kind of choose to view it as like Mm -hmm. that story and i've heard people say like bell has stockholm syndrome and stuff and i really don't i don't know i think that's just being like kind of crazy when you're tearing it apart like that but i think this is a beautiful movie i think it has some of the best songs in any disney movie and the cinematography, like you guys you were talking about, the, the ballroom scene. Ballroom scene. I know. I I don't cry in a lot of movies, and I, like. <laughs> oh, just wait. You have a kid now. Just wait. You're gonna okay. start crying. You're, you're gonna start enough. crying. In well, a lot well, of there's stuff. a lot of movies that get me to the verge of crying, but I don't get there. But uh, I find myself sucking back tears quite often yeah. lately, and it's only because I'm a dad. Right. So. On. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just there's not enough good, good things to say about this one. It's just like it's great. Like it's such a solid pick. So. Right on. Um, so the first one I'm going to talk about is I feel like because I feel like Beauty and the Beast is such a solid pick and it's not on my five. It's just weird that it's not on my five. It's hard to narrow it down. There's I know a lot it is. Of good ones. Uh, my first pick is. Um, Sorry, I thought of one more Beauty and the Beast thing. Oh, go ahead. Kind of funny. So you're talking about like. So related to you talking about you like to read before, and I remember this guy I used to work with at an old job once asked me who or he asked me like which uh disney princess i would most want to date or whatever and i couldn't think of an answer and then he told me that uh Belle was the best one and i was like why and he's like well you see she likes to read so that's really cool plus she has the ability to fall in love with like a big like beastly looking dude <laughs> so and i just thought that was really funny so i thought i'd just throw that out there but uh, wow. All right. <laughs> um, well, my first pick of the evening is Robin Hood. Um, I have always liked the idea of Robin Hood. At the time this movie came out, it probably had the most, like, for me, it had a lot. It was it was all, like, action sequences. It was the adventure, the sword fighting, the, you know, the bows and arrows, the I, the medieval fantasy side of things was just awesome. Yeah. Um, the relationship between Robin and Marion was really cool. Like, it was... At a young age, when I saw it, I totally saw the romance between those characters. Um, the songs in this movie, um, I there's there's not like there's the song that the uh, the rooster whistles constantly, mm-hmm. which always makes me laugh. Um, but there's not a lot of like song songs in terms of musicals because most of these movies are musicals. Um, but the uh, Oodalali, um, that song at the beginning of the movie, that's probably one of the coolest sequences. That one actually is in my car and. Hits, it hits shuffle every now and then, and I'll catch it and be like, yeah, yeah. this is awesome. Like, um, <laughs> But it just, it's just brilliant, brilliant uh, piece of film using all the animals to tell a story and whatnot. Um, yeah. I am waiting for the live-action Robin Hood that I hear is actually in the works, and when I say live-action, it's live-action animals recreation of that movie. Oh, Lights. <laughs> so I don't know what to I've think heard, of that. I so have heard that's a thing. I don't know if that's a rumor or if that's a real thing, but today's rumors are tomorrow's spoilers, right? So, um, But I've heard that they're actually taking that movie and going to do it live action, so it's going to oh. be like animal versions of I that really film. don't like, know how to feel about that, but that's, I mean, I, I'll... If, if they can keep it cartoony and judgment. not... If they can keep it cartoony so they can do... Uh, facial expressions on the fox where they couldn't do with the lion and Lion King, you know. Yeah. So. Um, I think this one's a great one. I think that like there is like there's not a lot of music, but the tunes in it are really solid. Like 
I just think of that one song that like ended up becoming the hamster dance theme song for some reason, but it's oh, like originally right. from Robin Hood, of course. But I think, uh, oh, another thing this movie does, I think, is like it really conveys the concept of like like poor animals and like them being like taxed really bad and stuff in a way that like a little kid could watch and like understand so well like they found a way of like making the kids like as a kid you identify with these really poor animals you know the, that they little that little good... rabbit kid yeah I, he was he's awesome mm-hmm. you know um but that comes back to what we were talking about with george lucas last week how all storytelling is meant for children yeah. You know, it's us passing on the mistakes. Why would say passing all, on all the... storytelling? But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I got you. What you right. what you're we saying. talked about that last week. Yeah. So. Um, I uh, I I know I've seen Robin Hood, but I don't really remember a as lot well about as it. we were just now talking about. It. Yeah, <laughs> d- d- and what actually made me you guys made me think that I think a lot of what draws me to movies is the music and that's what makes me think I don't really remember most of it because a lot of these movies when I'm like you know reading through the list and stuff it's I can remember the songs from it and that's probably why I wasn't really drawn to it we could do a whole episode just on Disney songs Mm -hmm. you know that'd be a that'd be a real hard top five to do but hey (laughs) um Either way, moving on. Uh, Mary Liz, that goes to your next pick. Yeah, my next pick is Moana, which I know you brought up as an honorable mention. Um, Yeah, I like the whole story behind this. I'm always down for like more of a warrior type princess instead of like Belle or Snow the White. Movie, you know? The movie's great. It only made an yeah. it only made an honorable mention because I haven't seen it enough and it just it surprised me and I'm like, can it really make my top five? And when I look at what I have on my list, it can't. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the story. It I can't like right her now. <laughs> relationship I like her relationship with like nature, I guess, and like with water and how they portrayed that and everything. Yeah, the, and the water effects in that movie are yeah. incredible. Yeah. I like um didn't you, you and I were talking like months ago, and you mentioned something about the grandma, as the water or something like that. Do you remember what I'm talking about? She comes back as the. She comes the back as the stingray, yeah. but didn't you have or the manta ray? Didn't you have like some specific thing you said? Like if you don't remember, that's okay. But I could have swore uh, you said something to me about that specific scene. I don't know though. I don't remember. I mean, it okay. made me cry, if that's okay. what I brought up. Uh, that's maybe right. maybe yeah. that's what it was. <laughs> uh, but I did think they did a good job of, like, portraying, like, you know, your ancestors are always with you kind of thing with the grandma coming back. Um, I have another thought, but I'm... Oh, the music, like you brought up. Um, again, I like Lin-Manuel Miranda, so I really enjoyed all of that music. Her relationship with Maui was just funny. He was a funny character altogether. I liked that. Um... Oh, I know I had something else that I wanted to bring up about it, but I cannot think of it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I really liked The Rock in that movie. I thought it was great. The what? The Rock. Oh. The actor, yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Yes, yeah. yes. The Rock. As... I was like, The Rock? I was talking about water. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock as Maui. Just, I thought it was great. Yes, um, yeah. He, he did, and it, there's a video of him like recording the song, You're Welcome, and it was it's really entertaining to watch him like watch The Rock sing this song right. and like be a Disney character. It's I do feel um, one thing that one thing as an adult that bothers me about Disney films is I always feel there's one scene or one song that oh, I'm always like Ugh, that's that oh, doesn't it just doesn't say. fit the movie. Yeah. Um, the the perfect example I can give you is the trolls <laughs> from Frozen. And not the trolls being in the movie, the song that happens in the back half of the movie I love I'm like that one. what 
why like that's like my least favorite part I'm of the movie. To, I can't even just, remember uh, the song. It but. just that's the one. It just takes me out. I'm like, this has nothing to do with like why why. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so when I was watching Moana, when they got to the sea crab, I knew yeah. that you know there's a song coming, and I'm like, this is the scene. This is the one Disney moment yeah. that I'm that's gonna bug me. And that song is awesome. Really? Like, that's one of the coolest parts of the movie. And I could have like, done without it. I <laughs> oh, really could have. Yeah, yeah, I just, so, that's, in mm-hmm. Milan, I just, that sea crab sequence, yeah. that is so, like, I just really enjoyed that scene. Yeah. So. I remember the other thing I was going to say was I think they did a pretty good job of portraying, like, the Polynesian culture, too. Like, right, right, aside yeah. from, I just was reading stuff on the internet, like, and aside from the fact that um, people said that they would never have a woman as a chief, like, but aside from that, it was pretty well represented, and I... Um, got to study abroad in New Zealand and there's like a culture there their um, culture is the Maori culture and there were like actually some like similarities so mm. in watching like the movie and learning about you know Moana and that like more fictional um, culture it was cool to see the the draws like from sure. somewhere I've actually been so. uh, Peter nice okay my next one um, I picked uh, Wreck-It Ralph so this is a uh, this was a weird one because I typically lean more towards the uh, 2D animated stuff, but I when I put together my list, I like matched like Drew right said. Really? Okay, yeah. that surprises me. Um, but like you said, like I was thinking a lot about rewatchability, and this is a movie that I honestly just can't get enough of. Like I love every part of it. I love the characters, but I mean, most of all, I think I love this world they created. I think it's like. When I was a no. Okay. When I was a kid, I think I would imagine stuff similar to this. That like, after you turn the Nintendo off or the arcade game off, like, are those characters still inside, like, fighting each other or whatever? And like, that first scene of uh, Wreck It Ralph when they like, well, not the first scene, but you know, after the arcade closes and all the characters go down their uh, power cords into the... Um, the power strip. Yeah, the power just, strip. That, like, blew my mind. That blew my like, mind, too. This is too. so cool. I want to go here. This is awesome. The, the so. universe that they created in the film was incredible, and that's what really made me latch onto this movie, aside from the fact that I bawled at the end of the film. Um, during It's during the, it's his final fight with um, King Candy or Turbo... Um, yeah, when, when he's the insect or whatever, and they're um, and he he drops down for that final punch to like you know uh, that final punch yeah, that he cut. does. I don't remember what he hits. I think he, it's the, he hits the giant, Mentos he hits and they the go into Mentos. like the like the soda pop volcano. Yeah, when he goes whatever, down yeah. when he goes down to do that, like this big sacrifice, and he looks down in his hand and he's got the medal or the cookie that she gave him that says like my hero or whatever. Yeah, yeah. just like you just roll a tear, you're like God. You know, like you got me again, Disney. Um, no, the mo- I just I absolutely love this movie, and it really is the universe. It's it really is the world building that really draws yeah, me to this film. More exactly than the same. Um, and then like I think so you mentioned Turbo, and just thinking about this movie, like I should have been able to call that twist. Like I should have known who that oh, character same was. Same here. Like, I should have called I, it. They, the movie totally <laughs> was able right. to trick me with that. Like we talked about with so. Coco last week. Like when you're really into it, yeah. you're not like. Picking apart and looking for that, what's yeah, going to come next? You're just yeah, yeah. ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, since Peter and I matched, uh, did you have anything else on Wreck-It Ralph? I mean, I, you and I talked about it a little bit back 
on a previous episode. Yeah. So yeah, no, so, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. Um, I feel like you you should watch Ralph Breaks the Internet. Just, <laughs> okay, fair enough. I I, I started it. Yeah. I've actually watched like the first third of it, so maybe oh, okay. I'll just finish it at yeah. some point. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mary Liz, your next pick. Go ahead. Yep, my next pick is Peter Pan. Um, I like the whole, like, fantasy world that he lives in, the idea of, like, never growing up and all that stuff. I remember watching it a lot as a kid, which I like. I was really impressed with the ride. Yeah. Like, I like the movie. Um, I don't feel the movie ages with me well enough. Yeah. Like, I think I grew up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the movie didn't, (laughs) but that's what the whole movie's about anyway, so I think it's kind of funny. Um, but, uh, the, the ride at Disney, I was always really impressed with. Yeah, and I think that sometimes, like, the the movies that I, like, relate to or, like, want to watch again are ones that, like, I was able to be in that world when I was in Disney, so, like, that ride, you're on a flying pirate ship, and you go through, like, the Mermaid Lagoon and everything like that, so... um, Um, Movies like Hook and um, TV shows like Once Upon a Time have really altered the Peter Pan mythos in my head, Yeah, I think that's why I say it didn't grow up with me the way some of these other movies have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't have a ton to say about it. I don't know if it's, like, a nostalgia thing. And I also used to watch, like, it was a a live version. I want to say it was, like, recorded from Broadway. And I don't remember the actress's name that played Peter Pan, but I watched that one a lot growing up. So I feel (laughs) like I'm just thinking of the two of them kind of merged um, together. Our grandparents had, like... I remember they had the Disney version of Peter Pan, and we watched it ad nauseum when we'd go over to their house. But I think they also had this like live action they, they play did version with, of um, it. God, who played I, Peter, who played Peter Pan? Yeah. Um, it go was ahead. Mary something. Yeah, she, yeah. she had she had like short blonde hair. Yeah. In the yeah, movie, what was and, her like, name? I remember Are watching you it up faster. Than I remember you watching that a ton, and it was like. You didn't think it was as cool as a cartoon, but you got another, you know, version of Peter Pan fighting Captain Hook, and you thought it was cool at the time, and I remember watching that a lot, so I think it's funny that you brought that up, and, like, I'm just kind of surprised at the coincidence, I yeah. guess. But, Not many people have really seen that one. Yeah. Um, but I, I like Peter Pan a lot. It's been years since I've watched it, and maybe that, for me, maybe it's not as rewatchable, but I used to watch it a ton as a kid. Um... Mary Martin. Thank you. One thing I'm kind of reminded of, and this is kind of like just a random funny thing, but I think when I saw (laughs) Peter Pan, I didn't know what a codfish was. And I think, like, Peter Pan calls Captain Hook that or whatever. Multiple times. And I, as a kid, assumed it was, like, something really bad. Like, that's a bad (laughs) word or something. Because I'd never heard of it. And just the way, like, they act about it in the movie, I just thought it was, like, something really... It's the insult from the movie. I was like, this is something really bad that should never be repeated. And it was, like, years that I, like, never repeated. (laughs) Because <laughs> I just thought it was like a really bad thing, and it just has the sound of like a yeah. swear word, but it's not. And the way so they said it, they yeah. did that. They did a really good job yeah. of that. So. <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right, so that would be on to my next, next one. On you, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Alice in Wonderland. Hey, we matched on this one. Cool. We matched too. Oh, nice. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So go ahead. This was a weird one. Because I didn't expect it to make my top five, but when I looked at my short list, I just had to pick it and it has to do with like rewatchability it has to do with like really awesome animation and creative things they did like for example i love every time um the cheshire cat shows up how he like 
fades away and his like smile appears first and it looks like a crescent moon and he's singing the Jabberwocky poem and it's just yeah. like really creative things in it like that and then also just like deep meanings and morals and all sorts of dialogue in the movie and the way you can pick this movie apart and look into things different ways which is totally how Lewis Carroll constructed the poem or the story originally and there's just like so much to this that like really made me it made my top five and it's not a movie that I watch all the time but it's a movie that I would watch all the time because it I think there's that much to it you know there's that much there for everything you just said I always liked this movie and then I read the book like the adult book Alice in Wonderland and the Adventures Through the Little Looking Glass um and it made me rewatch the movie and like my appreciation for the movie like got much much bigger um and then they did the live action ones which I'm not nearly a fan of as this animated version I really wish that they would do the rest I honestly wish they would go back to the old school Alice in Wonderland like hand drawn animation and do a second one with the through the looking glass stuff Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. same vein as this I think it'd be amazing yeah that'd be cool um and just follow suit with the original film. But no, yeah. this is one of my absolute favorite Disney films. There's not a lot of music in this one that stands out in terms of musicals, so I'm kind of surprised that that made your list because... Um, uh, I think this one has a lot of, like... It, it's got a lot of music, but not in the I way, like, Beauty and the Beast or, like, big, Moana or something like it that. It doesn't have right. a lot of big musical numbers. It has a lot of, like, musical interludes between scenes. Like, it's right. got a lot of, like, you know, some characters will walk by and start singing along, and then they'll bring you to the next scene of the movie. I know there's a couple, like, there's a... The whole, like, unbirthday song. Yeah, I'm That's a big one. Now. Yeah, it's just not the same as, like, a Beauty and the Beast or a right. Latin. No, yeah, yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I meant yeah. by that. So. Well, I like all the Tweedledee and Tweedledum songs and storytelling. Yeah. Like, that's a part that I remember a lot. The and the Carpenter yeah, and that's, stuff, yeah. Yeah, that whole song I um, remember a lot. Or I, my favorite scene of the movie is uh, when she's in the garden with the flowers. Yeah. And the flowers all sing the golden afternoon. And yeah. then they realize she's a weed or a serpent, mm-hmm. whatever they call her, that's uh, yeah, there, there's just a lot of like the little scenes that I think are what stand out to me and why I love that movie, mm-hmm. like in the garden or the tea party or the walrus and the carpenter. Like, yeah. I like all the like almost, I don't know if there's stories within the stories, but it kind of just is, you know, whimsical and it doesn't really yeah. make sense of how she ends up in the places she does, <laughs> which is what I like about it. I think it's cool. I think a lot of them are just um, actual car- or poems that were part of the original story just mm-hmm. put to music, which is kind of really cool. Um, I'm just thinking back on the movie, too, is just like, this is a movie that, like Drew was talking about uh, Peter Pan, that movie not aging with him, and I think this is a movie that does age with you because like as a kid I watched the movie and I thought it was really funny and it captured my imagination but then going back and looking at it as as an adult there's so many like messages you can read into right. it and even like really simple parts like I don't know why thinking back on it this part is sticking out of my head but the part with the um two like card guards or whatever who are painting the roses red yeah. for the queen there's another song. and just like yeah and it's, it's like kind of just one of those like shorter like interlude songs but the fact that they're painting the roses red and how ridiculous it is, as like a kid, you're like, oh, that's silly. But looking back on it, it's like, no, there's probably corrupt royalty who literally made people do that. Like, really ridiculous <laughs> well, things. Well, not only, that, whole, not only like, that, you think to yourself, you know, you go to, it's no different than any work thing. And you're just like, yeah. oh, we did the wrong thing. We got to go fix it. Fix it and real this quick. Is just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, 
Um, yeah. So we all matched on that. We I think all that would go back to so me. It literally goes back okay. to you, Peter. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, so this is one that I've talked a lot about before, but uh, Mulan is my next pick. And oh. this is a movie that... So this movie came out, and I was—I don't know what age I was exactly. But I was I think really I was, blown away by the action sequences in this film. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the act—the action scenes are really cool. Like the cinematography is really good in this movie. And what I was gonna say is, like, this movie came out when I know I was between like the ages of eight and twelve. And I remember I really wanted to watch movies like Braveheart and like Saving Private Ryan and like really violent war movies, but I wasn't allowed to at that age. So movies like Mulan or uh, another one that sticks out to me, not a Disney movie, but Quest for Camelot, like that animated film is another one that, you know, I had to watch stuff like that and like enjoy those fight scenes. But Mulan at the time when I was a kid was, I was like, man, this is the best war movie I've seen so far, you know, but it really is. Like, I think it's a really good story, and I think the action scenes are awesome. Like, that one uh, avalanche scene is probably my oh, favorite yeah. scene of the movie. Like, it's so cool. And I think this movie is, like, another thing that drew me to it is it's a story I wasn't already familiar with. It was, and I don't know if Mulan is adapted from anything, but it wasn't, like, a fairy tale I heard. About, right. I heard, I didn't hear the fairy tale before seeing the movie. But also, like, it just brought in, like, concepts that I had no idea about at that age. Like, the idea of, like, going to war in place of your father. Like, Mulan pretending to be a guy to do that. And, like, it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of really interesting concepts I never thought about at all, so... I don't know yeah. if you guys have anything to say about um, this one. That or... sequence, you you've covered almost everything. But yeah. The scene, the one scene that I always loved, um, uh, the song I liked a lot from that movie was "I'm Gonna Make a Man Out of You." Yeah. Um, but the scene that just blew me away visually was when the uh, the Huns army comes sweeping over that like snowbank yeah. and watch it like, and I know that's I know it's all hand drawn, but there's a lot of computer work in that mm -hmm. moment. And just watching it, you know, just sweep down that slope, just, yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. So And I think um, Mushu is probably one of, if not the greatest, Disney <laughs> yeah. sidekicks, which, mm -hmm. that could be another list. I was just, as soon as you <laughs> said Disney Mushu, I went, hmm, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to save that for a later date. Yeah. yeah Disney sidekicks. I'll come back for that one. Mm. <laughs> Great. I also really like just how this movie's stylized, too. Like, I was thinking about this earlier, and how, like... All the Huns' horses, like, they look like horses, but they're, like, really wide and burly. And even, like, their snouts are, like, really wide. And it's just kind of cool how it's all stylized in the way, like, in a cool way to kind of capture your imagination. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, awesome. Uh, did you have anything else on Mulan? That's a pretty Mary, much it, Do you yeah. want to say anything before I... No. Okay. Um, so my second to last pick of the evening is a Goofy movie. Nice. We actually matched on this one. Oh, too, I was. So. You know what? I was wondering if you and I were going to match on this one <laughs> because I thought you and I were going to match on another one. Oh, okay. Um, interesting. But uh, no, this movie, like this is, man, the amount of times I've watched a Goofy movie, I there are like there are things in my life that like, every now and then a line comes up in my head and it just works in general conversation and I quote stuff all the time. It's just how I, it's just how it is. It's just, you remember lines. And this is one of those movies that things sit with you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there are lines of dialogue that I bring up in general conversation. There are songs like Peter at your wedding, uh, <laughs> at your wedding, the, uh, bridal party was introduced at the, you know, when they do the introductions at the wedding reception. And I remember like, uh, me and our brother Scott, we, after we got introduced, 
and we got to the head table we were sitting, and I go, is this Powerline? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, the song clicked. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Powerline yeah, movie movie. We did a, uh, Eye to Eye by Powerline was the song we walked. Oh. We all walked into, and we were pretty excited about that. No, so. it's, just, that's, it's yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> so uh, it just, it, but it's just such a fun road trip movie, and it just, it holds up. Like it literally holds up. You can you can continue to watch it and you know, yeah. So no, I love this movie. I think this came out and I was like the perfect age where like this was one of the first Disney movies I felt like I could relate to. Not just on like the level of like the character, like the characters' emotions and motivations, but like I could relate to what the characters were doing in the movie. <laughs> like it's like a bunch of like kids and their friends in school and like. I don't know. It's just really cool I how relatable like it was. I feel like some of the, like some of the, the school sequences—that's exactly how it is today at school. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like I that, that has that. not changed at all. And so. I could see that, especially with it being like the whole like YouTube generation, and like people are probably more likely to you know in. Uh, intimidate or imitate power line like in the school assembly and stuff like that but no this one's great i think there's just so much in the movie like so many little character jokes in there there's i mean we've talked about this movie a lot in the past there's, so it's there's like, also so many like li- character jokes is one thing but background jokes like when they go to like the possum theme yeah. park um there's just some st- there's just stuff in the background that is you just you will die if you pay attention if you stop <laughs> watching the characters in the foreground and you just look in the back and like you, you'll just you'll be in tears because yeah. you're laughing so hard um no it was incredible and i've never and until this movie came out i was not that big of a goofy fan yeah like, this is the movie that really turned me around on goofy as a character so yeah i yeah. can definitely see that yeah yeah for sure it's just, I think this, I mean, I think this is my favorite Disney movie. Like, I don't think it's the most innovative, and I don't think it has the best animation, but I think this is just my favorite, just because of, like, how I appreciated it as a kid. And so is that, I like, a spoiler for now, next week? But, well, Disney animated movie. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> but no, it's it's just, like, we've talked about it before, so I don't know what more to say about it at no, this no, point, I hear too, you, yeah. you know what I mean? So... Um, all right, Mary Liz. Um, Peter's list is done because we matched on that one. So <laughs> yeah. you and I are the last ones left. So what do you got okay. um, for your final pick of the night? My final pick of the night is Cur- Hercules. Oh, I was ex- oh I was expecting you to say something else. That's fine. What did you think I was going to say? I'm not going to say. So go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Talk, her- talk Hercules. Oh, fine. Okay. So um, I love this movie. I think there's a lot of like just humor in it with the um, with Hades and then with his little minions pain and panic I think that they're just a funny dynamic with the three of them uh Megara or Meg she's my one of my favorite Disney characters in any of the movies just because she's like really sarcastic and like kind of just I don't know <laughs> doesn't give a you know um and like you know doesn't need to be saved or whatever I actually have, yeah. I actually have a t-shirt with her on it um but yeah, I like the the storyline of it. It's kind of different. It's um, you know it brings in that Greek mythology, but it doesn't feel like I don't know like a social studies movie. Like it's just fun. Yeah. It's a cartoon, and it's um, yeah. The animation I think is pretty too with everything they do with Mount Olympus and um, the way they animated all of like the Greek gods and stuff. And um, they did a good job with that whole storytelling of like um, Mount Olympus versus like the underworld and everything like that. 
I actually like the way the uh, like the style, all the characters are drawn and stuff mm-hmm. in this movie is like it's actually one of my favorites. Like as far as just the look of it, like it's got a really for sure cool the artwork. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. This is the one I thought we were gonna match on. Oh really? So apparently, I don't know you very. No, well. I mean I like Hercules <laughs> a lot. It's not. So this is one that I didn't watch on repeat. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think my parents had a copy of Hercules, yeah. so I haven't, like, seen it as much. I do really like it. I rewatched it, um, like, a year or two ago, because it's on Netflix, and I remember yeah. watching it, and I remember thinking that the first 40 minutes or so of the movie feel a lot like the original Christopher Reeve Superman film. <laughs> but then there's something weird with that, where Superman, just as a entity borrows so much from Hercules in the first mm. place so it's like kind of like how can they not be super similar, similar yeah. you know but uh no I definitely like this pick um yeah sorry that we didn't match on this one oh, but it's okay. there's always beauty in the piece <laughs> yeah. I guess so <laughs> um no Hercules is a great movie um I was I've never been a Hercules I really like uh, mythology. Like, I really like digging into, like, I like hearing about a lot of the stories, like, when you really dive into uh, the, when you really dig into, like, the mythology of the Greek and Romans and stuff like that, and you learn about all these characters like Hercules and um, Zeus and Hades and, you know, yeah. all that. Hercules was never one of my favorite characters in all of that, so I, that's not, that it wasn't a deterrent from the film, I just, you know, I I don't know, I just, that's, you know, I like the movie, but it just, it made a short yeah. list at least, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, all right, so my final pick of the night is Tangled. Oh. Um, I You say that like you were surprised that yeah. I was going to say Tangled. Um, I <laughs> fell in love with this movie almost instantly. Um, from everything from the art direction to uh, the vi- I mean, the visuals alone with her hair, the stuff that they did with mm-hmm. that was so incredibly creative. Um, but then it's so smartly written. And then, of course, you have to, when you get done watching it with your child, you have to explain what baby napping is. Um, but uh, the um, the music, um, that's uh, the song, uh, I See the Light, uh, yeah. really stood out to me. Like, that's probably one of my favorite Disney songs. Like, if we did top five Disney songs, it'd probably make my list. Um, Flynn is, um, is it Finn or Flynn? Flynn. Flynn is basically the closest thing we're going to get to Han Solo in the Disney animated universe. <laughs> um, such a fantastic character. So well casted with uh, Zachary Levi. Um, this movie just spoke to me on many levels, and it's fantastic. And Rapunzel, because of this movie, had probably become my favorite Disney princess. Yeah. And I, and it's such a newer Disney film for me to say that, but it just yeah. climbed to the charts real quickly in my mind. So Yeah. I remember... Uh... I do like this movie a lot. Like, I think... Um, and Pasquale is definitely one of the best sidekicks. I've um, <laughs> I've said before, yeah. like, I actually think I like Tangled a lot more than Frozen. I, I actually didn't... I mean, I don't know Mary Liz well enough. I didn't know if I expected Frozen to come up. Like, I, I, like, I like Tangled thinking, way more than I do Frozen. This was a Frozen-free Disney but podcast. I think, I think <laughs> Frozen... I Frozen, think, I like Frozen. I think Frozen has really catchy songs, and yeah. like I feel like everybody kind of glommed onto it almost because of that. But I think I like Tangled a lot better as a movie and yeah. a story. Um, I... I mean, the mu- the movie's, like, really good, like you were saying, but one thing that I'd like to point out is, like, the humor in this movie is actually really good, too. Like, I remember even seeing the first... Uh... So this movie came out while I was in college, and I went to some other movie with a friend, and we saw the trailer for Tangled come before whatever... I don't even know what movie we were going to see that would have had that trailer, but 
me and my friend who were like college age guys were cracking up at this Tangle trailer and like we're like yeah that looks awesome we want to see that and it's not like the movie you typically think <laughs> right. we would fit yeah. in the demographic for so it's just really funny how that worked out but yeah. yeah no I just I absolutely love this movie um every everything about it worked and yeah so and it holds up too like and I, and I know it came out just fairly recently but I really think in this newer age of computer animated Disney films I really feel like this is the bar yeah. like I know Frozen I think Frozen is more <clears throat> up there because of the songs mm-hmm. more than anything but I really feel like Tangle is the bar that everyone's trying to meet so yeah I remember seeing a lot of um, critics and say or not a lot but here and there I saw people talking about like Tangled is almost perfect it's just the songs aren't catchy enough or the songs aren't quite there to like you know, become the cultural phenomenon that, like, the previous Disney right. animated stuff was, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, that brings us to the end of tonight's list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next week, Mary Liz, are you joining us next week? Yes, I will be here. Okay, fantastic, <laughs> because now we've taken, we've done three weeks, that's Disney live action, Dis- Pixar, and then Disney animated, and it's time to take all those 15 movies and narrow it down to a top five of all time. <laughs> I might have to rewrite down mine before leaving tonight. No, that's fine. I have, fe- I have a feeling that this is going to be a lot harder than we think because it yeah. was hard to do the categories, and now you have to take all three categories into account. Because, And I really felt that it was the only way to handle the monster that is... Um, uh, Disney because it's such a it's such a giant category of films, and they're broken into yeah. like all these different facets. So, yeah. you know... Yeah, any thoughts on that before I move on? No, I just thought of a really good Disney animated movie that still wouldn't make my top five, but kind of one that I just forgot about for whatever sure. reason, which is Gar- Gargoyles. So that was a really great... Was that Disney? Disney? Yeah, that was totally Disney. It was? Yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think they need to reboot Gargoyles. They, no, you know what? I do remember that was Disney. Mm-hmm. I remember that coming out because they had... it. I don't know if they were intentionally borrowing the Bruce Tim artwork style, but it almost looked like they got influenced a little bit because it yeah. came out shortly or after they saw Batman the Batman animated, animated series. series and they're like, we need to do something. Yeah, yeah. how they do that, yeah. you know. But, um, yeah, anyway, um, so that brings us to the end of the show. Next week we're doing top five Disney films of all time based on the last three weeks episode. So if you missed the previous two, please go back and listen because this is going to be a really interesting list next week. Um, so please check us out at our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with our link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Please let us know what you think of the show. Um, send us lists if you want to or just interact with us anyway. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as I should be saying now. Um, there you'll, If you subscribe, you will not miss a single episode. And on top of that, you can leave us a review. We love five-star reviews because it helps our podcast get seen in other places, but we also appreciate criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the things we say sound important. Um, you can follow me personally at uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be trying to get them to reboot Thundar the Barbarian as a Netflix anime series. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, good, good pull. Um, all right, so we'll see you guys all next week uh, for the Top 5 Report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. Very nice.